The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Strapp welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is your week 19 serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups. Wow, it's really we're really getting down to it, Steve. Uh, before we get to these waiver wire pickups, you uh, had a uh, you went to a basketball game on Saturday night, and uh, that was a that was a tough one in many <laughs> ways. In many ways for you, yeah, it was uh, actually a a little birdie told me about an hour before it was official that. Luca and Kristaps Porzingis were not going to be playing in the Hawks game that you and I have been talking about for since I don't know September October dawn of time (laughs) and uh you know it started off that you couldn't go to the game and that was that was kind of a bummer and then the people that did go to the game with me were all bummed out everybody was bummed out that uh that that Luca wasn't playing and you know, is he really hurt? Are we just being careful with him on a back-to-back? I mean, I, I get the sense that he's fine. I mean, he sure looked good in that game the night before when he had like 33-8-10. and 10. Um, So load management. Load management came home to beat me over the head. This is the in- worst. One of the worst instances of load management. I mean, how pumped were people to watch Luca versus Trey? At State Farm Arena, people had probably been thinking, not just us, people had been thinking about that game for weeks. So excited. It was a sellout. And we only get him, we only get him one, one time a year. That is, that is so, Rick Carlisle. Whoever's decision, I don't know whose decision that was. I, sh- I shouldn't, whoever's decision that was ha- has very little sense of the moment and the fans. And that decision was, and was I get a this, real harsh one. I get the sense that NBA teams now have like load management teams, like a team of doctors, <laughs> right? And that's, that yeah. focus solely on load management. And that's why I didn't want to assume that that was Rick Carlisle's decision solely or anything like that. Um, but there are a lot of people who do believe that my Rick Carlisle shoe story uh, about how I didn't, I was not a huge fan of of my interactions with Rick Carlisle back in the day, this was his way of getting me back. He, oh, he heard the podcast. Wow. He knew I was coming to the game. He's like, okay, this kid thought, didn't like my oh. offer of $50 for my shoes. All right. <laughs> you know what? I'll show him. You know what? If that's, there's almost, there's virtually no way that's true. But man, <laughs> if Rick Carlisle actually was playing on that high of a level, I would tip my hat. I would absolutely tip yeah. my hat. That would be an impressive then, move. So, Somebody else said uh, on Twitter, you know, why don't you try to get Luca's shoes that he's wearing with his street clothes, which is kind of a funny thought, but they were brand new Jordan 3s, which is my my favorite pair of Jordans. So I I would actually have gladly taken those off his hands. But he didn't come out and sign autographs before the game. I I didn't stick around after to see what was going on, but I, I I doubt he signed a single autograph last night. I like how you said I would have gladly taken those off his hands as though you wouldn't have taken his his other shoes. You're like, well, those I actually would have taken. <laughs> you would have taken if he had thrown a pair of flip flops at you. You would have dove across three across the aisle to get him. 
<laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But uh, Porzingis came out. He was he signed a bunch of autographs and uh, posed with a bunch of fans. Mark Cuban was there, which was kind of fun. Dikembe Mutombo was there, uh, handing out a war- an award. You know what else was fun? What? The Hawks won that game. That game is under protest. Is that right? Yeah, oh, because of the referee pro- protesting the uh, goaltending call yeah. at the end. Yeah. All right, well, you got a chance, Steve, to see one of the players that we are going to talk about uh, in our waiver wire conversation right now. Cam Reddish was impressive in that game. DeAndre Hunter didn't play. Cam Reddish started, scored 20 points. He's 21% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, has been playing quite well lately. Uh, Very few true duds in his stat line these days after his early season struggles. Are we getting there with Cam Reddish, where we're talking about him as a potential must-pick-up, must-own player? Yeah, I was talking to somebody about him yesterday, and I mean, I, I feel like he's going to end up being one of the better players in that draft. Like, I oh, yeah, he just looks like a he just looks like a basketball player, man. He he looks good. I agree. I was talking to a friend about that very thing. Like, if you're redrafting today, and I'm thinking about actually writing Roundball Stew about this, maybe do a redraft of the real draft in my column on Friday, but. Who are you picking? Like you're picking Ja and Zion in some order, one and two. Reddish is pretty near. Has to be pretty near the top of this draft as a guy you'd want. I think so, and, and you know he was the guy. He was supposed to be better than R.J. Barrett when they when they started their college careers, but it it didn't turn out that way. Reddish struggled, you know, in college, and but I I mean I I don't know, man. He just looks like a player to me. I think next year he's going to be really good. And had he just hit a couple three pointers last night. On Saturday night, his line would have looked a lot better because he had 20 points and he missed all six of his triples. All right, let's get into Cleveland for a second. Um, And I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's not a waiver wire topic. But Steve, quickly, is it panic time for Andre Drummond, fantasy owners? I don't know. Is it? Are you, are you panicked? Uh, well, I, I just traded him in one of my leagues. The, the J.B. Bickerstaff era, as short as it's been, has not been kind to Drummond. 6.6 6 boards on... Saturday night. I think that's three games in a row where his minutes have been in the 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it just feels like, man, I was optimistic about Drummond's outlook in Cleveland, but it seems like the coaching change has actually been, well, I don't know. He played 22 minutes the last game for Beeline. So the last three games, 22, 22, and 25 minutes. So he's he hasn't even topped 30 minutes as a Cleveland Cavalier yet. It, it's not a total disaster, you know, and that 6.6 rebound game is probably the outlier. Even in 25 minutes, Drummond can do a lot of damage, but it's not great. Well, and Love didn't even play in that game, right? Yeah, Love didn't play, I think, the last couple. Yeah, Love hadn't been playing. Nance is getting some run. Still waiting for Nance to, to blow up, but, um, you know, I, Drummond's a weird thing. I mean, Cleveland knows what he can do. They don't need to win any more games, so that, they, there's just no incentive to... To play him well, big minutes. Which... Yeah. No, what the incentive, though, Steve, is like he's probably going to opt in to his contract next year, and he's going to be around, and you want to get him, you know, playing with the younger guys, right? I, so that, to me, would be the incentive, which seems pretty easy to, to buy into, you know, as a concept. Yeah, yeah. But then again, it's Cleveland. So, <laughs> Well, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. Kevin Porter Jr., who we talk about every chance, every time we hit record. Oh, my gosh. What a nightmare. With Bickerstaff. Five points total in two games, 27 minutes total in two games, 13 and 14 minutes in two games. Yeah, I've been waiting for the KPJ hate mail, hate mail to start rolling in, but I haven't seen any yet. But 
I, you know, I've got him on several rosters. You know, I've, I've got him on a ton of rosters. I've got Luca on every roster, and these guys aren't playing. And when they are playing, they're not playing well. And I mean, I'm just having it. My fantasy teams are going about as well as my Saturday went, which that Saturday was useless. Like, I appreciate the people that helped get me down to that Hawks game, and I appreciate every everything anybody everybody's done for me. But it it really wasn't even that fun. It just was whatever. That's sort of how my fantasy teams are right now. So KPJ is a big part of that. And yes, I'm a little worried about Drummond. Well, with KPJ struggling, we're going to get out of Cleveland in one second, but Jetty Osmond is actually resurg- you know, surging right now. 16 points, 10 boards, then 19 points, 7 boards, 7 assists on Saturday. He's 22% rostered. I- I'm not running to pick him up anywhere, really, but I, mean, I think you give him a look if your league is deep enough. Yeah, I, I think you have to, given... What's going on with KPJ and Drummond? I mean, Osmond obviously is is going to win there. Um, but then it, I feel like next week Bickerstaff may have a totally different game plan. Yeah, and I'm, that's why I'm staying patient with Kevin Porter Jr., at least for a couple more games uh, before totally panicking. So speaking of panic, Ben Simmons is dealing with a back injury. Is there any one to really pick up, consider trust here, Steve? That You know, I was thinking about Alec Burks, played 21 minutes in a blowout loss on Saturday, eight points four boards, two steals, one three-pointer. He had 19 points in 30 minutes the game before that. It seems like maybe he's worth considering in leagues where he got dropped, or are you making moves there? Well, a blurb on this website I use called Roto World told me that I should, that Raul Neto was going to have a big game the other night. And, uh, of course, I rolled him out there in DFS, and he did nothing, like almost nothing. Uh, I don't think you can really rely on Neto. I don't think Milton is your guy, Alec Burks. Josh Richardson is probably the biggest winner out of this deal, and he's he's already owned everywhere. So the weird thing is, you uh, actually wrote that Raul Neto blurb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Kobe White he went absolutely bananas on Saturday night. Thirty three points, seven three pointers, shot eleven for twenty two. I got to be honest though, that doesn't really change anything for me. I mean, I still think he. I think in one sense he's trending up, like he's getting more opportunities. I still think he's going to just be a, a major disaster in field goal percentage more often than not. Uh, that's probably true. I rolled with Kobe White to on Sunday in DFS play, and let's see what he's got going on on Sunday. He, in the course of this game... Six of nine. Wow. Three three-pointers. Wow. 17 points. Uh, I was going to say, after Raul Neto and uh, my point guard on Saturday was Jalen Brunson. Uh, yes, uh, I did that too. Jalen Brunson lasted 11 seconds before the Hawks borderline flagrantly fouled him and messed his shoulder all up, and he was done. So I was fully expecting when I looked at Kobe White's line, especially with your your concerns over him about his shooting, to be a disaster. But, man, yeah, that's he's coming off the bench. Yeah, he's, he's coming on. He's hot. He's coming on. I, I'm still – I think my concerns are still the same, even with the good shooting on Sunday. But I, I still think someone should pick him up, if that makes sense. It may not be me, but I, I, do, I do think someone should. <laughs> and it's... I am more optimistic about him than you are. Um, with Chris Dunn out of the way, White should just – he should go off. And he is going off. So Yeah, he's going to be so – I think he's going to so be good. boomer bust, but, but that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a few names now that we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast. Um, Thon Maker had had a off game on – Thursday, but actually still put up value. I think 11.6 boards, two blocks, a couple of threes. Trevor Ariza did it again on Friday. 
13 points, 8 boards, 2 steals, and a block. Now, we're taping this before the Blazers game on Sunday, but Ariza over his last four games, 2.5 steals, 1.0 blocks, 1.53s. So to me, he is a must-own guy. Um, and I'll give you one more name, Steve. DeAnthony Melton has played 26, 23, and 24 minutes in his last three games. He was pretty good in two of those, including a 24-point game. Thoughts on any of those guys uh, that you want to weigh in with? Uh, thumbs up on Thon Maker. Thumbs up on Trevor Ariza for me. And DeAnthony Melton, <laughs> I, I like the fact that he's getting those minutes because that, that was my issue with him. It wasn't how he plays or what he does. He just wasn't getting minutes. So now that the minutes are up there, I, I think um, I think that changes things. And he's a per-minute stud. So if the minutes are there, he's he's going to be really good. So I've officially come around on Melton. Checking in on the Minnesota center situation quickly with Carl Anthony Towns out. As we record this, it's late in the fourth quarter of the Nuggets-Timberwolves game. Uh, Nasrid started, has, has, as of this taping, 11 points, not a lot else. He had a pretty nice stat line the other night, um, 19 points, 9 boards, 3 steals, 2 threes. James Johnson, meanwhile, though, off the bench on Sunday night, having another good game. He had four blocks on Friday, had another good game on Sunday. I'm higher on Johnson than I am on Nas Reed. Do you agree with that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't trust the James Johnson thing. I mean, how old is James Johnson? And he's 33, he's, but he's playing well. I know, but Nas has five fouls tonight. And uh, if, okay. if he didn't have five fouls, he'd play, he would have played another 15 minutes probably. I, I don't know. I just feel like Johnson's going to fade and, and Reed's going Reed's gonna to continue to uh, ascend. I just love those defensive stats. These are, we're seeing some vintage James Johnson defensive stats recently. So, I uh, you know it is weird. He does not have a block on Sunday though. I think I'm just being nostalgic. Uh, possibly, you know, it's it's I fun to have James Johnson. Stuff. James Johnson being relevant is fun. <laughs> uh, a couple more minutes before getting out of here. Let's see who else we want to talk about. I want to ask you about Harry Giles. He had 14 points, 12 boards on Saturday in 32 minutes. I guess I'll ask you. If that one's doing anything for you, I'm going to say, for me, it really didn't do a lot for me, but I want to hear your thoughts, whether you disagree. You know, th- 32 minutes is nice. He started, that's nice. The double-double was nice. He had a block. Yeah. It's all good. Um, if he's in the starting lineup for the Kings, I, I'll roll him out there in DFS. I'm not really racing out to see if he's available in my standard leagues, but it's a Sunday night when I sit down and and – start trying to fix my broken teams. Uh, if he's sitting out there and I've got a guy that is not doing anything, then then I will I will take a flyer on, on Giles. Yeah, I think my the reason I'm not too excited about it yet is he's been playing 20 minutes a game in February and only averaging 0.3 steals, 0.4 blocks. So he's had, I think, three blocks in his last two games. So that's a start, but I think I want to see more in that area before I buy in. Yeah, and that's kind of going back to KPJ – we were putting up with his lack of steals and blocks because he was doing so much of everything else. But now, if he's not going to score and hit threes, ugh, yeah, he's he's still he's still not going to get any steals and blocks. So anyway, go ahead. Now, last name I'm going to throw at you, and uh, and it's just a guy we've been talking about a lot. But I noticed he's been actually dropped uh, more than added in Yahoo leagues recently. Is Damian Lee two point five threes, two point oh steals per game in his last four games prior to Sunday? I think I guess people are preemptively concerned about Steph Curry coming back. I still think there's probably room for Damian Lee to have value in Golden State even after Steph is back. Uh, you want to quickly weigh in on that one? 
Yeah, I don't think he, he's ever been owned as high as he should have been, right? Yeah. Like, he's just always been one of those guys where I think guys pick him up and keep him for a week and then, like, uh, he's kind of he's, – he's not really doing it for me and then move on. But uh, And I do think Curry coming back is a, is a legitimate concern. It's going to hurt everybody on that team a, a little bit. But I still think Damian Lee's worth – I think he's worth a shot, and it probably depends – on how many games a week Golden State plays. In a four-game week, I'll roll Damien Lee out there. All right, Steve. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. See you guys. By the way, Kobe White scored 33 points on Sunday night. So the boomer bust thing I was talking about before, this would be the boom portion of that whole thing. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We are back on Wednesday with the Whip Around episode. Thanks once again, Steve Alexander, for joining me. Thanks to all of you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.